So I did, you know, the only reasonable thing any gal after a good brew would do. And I stole my housemate's car. Welcome to a podcast about the unbelievable. This is like a six foot two guy bursting into my car in the middle of the night where I'm supposed to have this hot blonde musician sitting next to me. The unlikely. I need you to pay me right now or your marriage is over. I will release this footage. The unexpected. He turns to me and goes, so I'm here for my lesson and just laughed and went, okay, what lesson? It was racy. It's footage you wouldn't want your nan to see. Chance Encounters. Episode two, The Booty Call. Okay, so how do I even start this story? So I'd just gotten out of a long-term relationship and we had retained a pretty close connection with each other. Um, but my ex at the time had just started dating other people and it had put a stop to our like little post-breakup sleepovers, which I was very disappointed by. And I just remember she took me to Newtown Hotel one day and she like sat me down on like the comfiest couch in Newtown Hotel and she took my hands and she looked me in the eyes and she said, Maddie, it's time for you to start dating other people. So I very reluctantly agreed. Um, and as soon as I left a Newtown Hotel, I downloaded Bumble and I began swiping my way through every single girl within a 10 kilometer radius um, in about 15 minutes. <laughs> Not a very big pool if you are a frequenter of the lesbian scene in Sydney. Um, a lot of familiar faces. <laughs> so that, of course, leads to the dangerous, dangerous task of increasing your radius. Starts at 10 kilometers and then it gets to 15. And then it gets to 20. And then it creeps up to 25. And all of a sudden, you are entering suburbs that you never would normally drive to to hook up with girls that you would never have seen in your regular life. So anyway, I get to that 25-kilometer mark and I uh, match with this girl. And, you know, she's got long blonde hair. She's from the beaches. She's a musician. Sounds great. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, she could be a dude. That's a thing, it happens. My friends tell me about all these horror stories of, you know, like turning up to dinner and uh, having a 45-year-old man with them <laughs> or meeting up with a woman who is half the height and twice the weight and all of these other like weird, creepy stories. Um, but, you know, it's a risk that you've got to take if you want to get laid in Sydney. <laughs> so anyway, we've been speaking for weeks, heaps of phone sex. This girl was really, really into phone sex. So I felt like I knew her pretty well. We'd branched to meet up a couple of times and she ended up bailing quite a bit and because of her mum and her like living situation. But what meant was there was like a lot of pent up sexual frustration because, you know, we'd planned to go on these dates. I hadn't fucked anyone in ages. Neither had she. And then there'd be all this tension. We'd had had this like phone sex all the time and that would never happen. So afterwards we'd just have like furious phone sex in the stead of these dates that we were supposed to actually go on and then just like masturbate alone in the dark <laughs> and just think about being with each other. And now it's been like a six to eight week build up of more phone sex than I've had in my entire life. And she's back from the snow. We arranged to meet up. And once again, she's got to stay home, blah, 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 family duties. I don't know. It was just like so frustrating. And I just said to her, you know, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to come over. I'm just going to come to you in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't care. And I got her address and it turned out that she lived in Colorado Plateau, which was a place that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> so it was like obviously off to a great start. Had no way of getting there. You know, it was the middle of the night. 
no buses were running. I didn't have a car, so I did, you know, the only reasonable thing any gal after a good route would do, and I stole my housemate's car. She was away with her parents for the weekend, so I'm sure she wouldn't have minded. So anyway, jumped in this car and I raced across the bridge. Keep in mind, I live in Ultimo and this is Colorado Plateau, so I'm about to embark on the longest nighttime drive of my life. <laughs> Practically a road trip. Slowly, it is kind of, it is creeping into my mind that, you know, it's pretty late at night and I've never really seen this girl in real life. And you know that moment where you're like watching a horror movie and you're like, why do they have to do everything in the nighttime? And I'm like, this is me right now. I'm that girl that's driving into danger in the middle of the night by herself for absolutely no, no reason. You're going up the highway, right? Plenty of traffic around. And then all of a sudden you just turn off into these suburbs. I start to like wind through these roads and it's deadpan silent. There is no one around. Streets are wide and quiet. The houses are big and dark. There are trees everywhere, which is lovely, but at night, creepy as fuck. <laughs> so there's like shadows dancing. There's very little street light. I like very cautiously pull up um, outside what I think is her house and I turn on the light inside my car. Which, you know, seems like a comforting thing to do, have some light on, but it means that you absolutely have no idea what's going on outside the car. You're like in this little, little force field of light and then beyond your windshield, you see absolutely nothing. It just makes the outside all the more darker. So I'm sitting there and I message her and let her know that I'm, you know, I'm outside of what I think is her house. It takes, you know, a couple of minutes for her to reply and, you know, those 120 seconds feel like the longest 120 seconds of your entire life. And so I'm sitting there and she's like, yep, sure, you know, I'll just be out in a minute. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, please don't be a boy, please don't be a boy, please don't be a better, please don't be this, please don't be that. And I'm trying to like calm myself down. I'm just like deep, breathing deep and I'm like, no, it's going to be fine. Like, I trust this. I kind of had, like, I've heard her voice. She definitely, no boy can talk about doing those things to a girl other than another girl I swear to god it's gonna be fine so I'm sitting there in this car and then all of a sudden out of absolutely nowhere this figure rushes up towards the left side of the car and wretches open the door before I have a chance to think you know I could see his figure approaching and I knew that this was no girl you know this is like a six foot two guy bursting into my car in the middle of the night where I'm supposed to have this hot blonde musician sitting next to me and I fucking shit myself but I don't move I just sit there stock still and this guy gets in the car quickly closes the door and he swings his head around towards me and he just looks at me and he just says yeah right on you look just like your photos hey (laughs) he starts laughing I start nervously laughing being like um okay cool so you're smiling at me and you're telling me I still look like my photos, but I still have fucking no idea where this girl is. Like, oh my God, all I know is that you've seen my online dating profile. Am I still going to die? Please help. A moment later, the door opens again and this girl just yells, oh my God, Ryan, you're so embarrassing. I can't believe you just stole my first hello. Stop being such a fucking creep and get out of her car. Ryan just like chucks me this like, you know, wry little smile before getting out of the car. She is 
so incredibly embarrassed and apologizes to me a million times. And at this point, I'm literally happy to drive anywhere and get away from that house and that situation and just leave the night's fright behind me. Um, so she just suggests we drive down to Narrabeen Lake. So we drive down to this lake and we like park the car as close to the water's edge as we can. And then we just kind of sit there awkwardly with the, the car light on for a little bit, um, you know, just making really, really bland small talk. And I can see that this girl is so nervous. So, you know, we're, we're just kind of having this like small talk and it just stops again in this like awkward silence. And she just does this like really, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a sweeping action where she like sweeps her face towards mine and then bails last minute. And it ends up just like being like this semicircle that she does with her with her head as if she's like gone to kiss me and then been like, why the fuck did I try and do that? And then just bails last minute. Um, and I just looked at her and I laughed and I was like, did you just try and kiss me? And she was just like, um, maybe, I don't know, did I? And she just looks straight at me, smiles, and then she like leans in and she kisses me. And we make out for like, I don't know, 15 seconds before I like pull my face away from hers. And I'm like, do you want to get in the backseat? And she just looks at me and she just goes, yep. <laughs> and like literally the, the fastest I've seen anybody move, jumps out of the car, opens up the backseat, retches the car seat forwards. Like this girl is a professional. She has obviously done this before. I remember there was one point where I was lying on my back and she was sitting on top of me and, you know, her head is, like, crooked against the, the roof. And then, you know, like, I lean, I sit up to, like, sit forwards and she rocks back and smacks her head against the, like, side of the car door. And then, like, you know, I shuffle back and then I hit my ass against the back of the door and then, like, I sit up and I hit my head on the roof because I'm really tall and awkward. And, like, if you've seen me, I'm, like, 175 centimetres and I'm just, like, all gangly limbs. It just, car sex and me just don't go. As soon as we started going at it, like, the windows just fogged up completely and the outside world was completely gone. It was like that scene in Titanic where, like, literally it's just like you have your hand, the handprint on the, on the inside of the windshield. So it was definitely one of those moments. And I remember we just, like, got up to have breaks intermittently to stand, like, well, I stood butt naked <laughs> outside the car. And at one point we didn't realise because the windows were so foggy, there was another vehicle beside us. Um, and they pulled up for about 15, 20 minutes and then left. <laughs> and I, they left when I got out of the car naked. And I was like, yeah, they definitely knew what was going on. After we, you know, were pretty exhausted, um, she offered me to come back to her house. Kind of just said, yeah, like, what the fuck? I'm pretty tired. Like, I probably shouldn't drive home. It's like 3 a.m. now. <laughs> I should probably sleep until 6 because I have work at 8 a.m. <laughs> um, so I drove back with her um, and, you know, we just went to bed pretty much. We, like, tried to have sex again at her house and she fell asleep with her hand down my pants. <laughs> and I literally, like, woke up in the morning and she was in the same position. I remember waking up to the sound of her phone ringing and she looks down at her phone and her mum's calling her. I'm like, this is weird. Like, we're already at home. Why is her mum calling her? So she very sheepishly picks up the phone and I just hear this voice, which, by the way, I can hear in real life because this woman is like fucking two rooms over screaming. What the fuck are you doing? 
of bringing another person into my home. She could be a thief or a fucking hooker. You don't know where this girl's been. You're so disrespectful. Get in my room now. She takes a real deep breath and she chucks on some clothes and she's just like, okay, I'll be back. I'm really sorry. This is happening. I'm going to have to make the most of it and take this opportunity to go and like, you know, clean up a bit, go to the toilet, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Get ready to break into a run whenever, you know, as soon as I need to. So I got up, put a towel around me and started to make my way towards the bathroom. And of course, like just as I approach the bathroom, her sister comes out and just like gives me this shocking, like icy cold sistery stare that says like, you are not welcome in my home. And it actually turns out that this same sister was the one that told the mum that, like, I had been invited back over. I, like, finish up in the bathroom and, like, come back into bed. And as I'm coming back into bed, she just looks at me and she's just like, you know, mum, not happy, hey. And I was like, yeah, cool, yeah, you know, kind of figured that. Not that I don't regret coming over but like this is pretty fucking awkward (laughs) um so anyway i gather my gather my things and we try and leave as quickly as possible because this woman has made it abundantly clear that if you didn't get this i wasn't welcome in the home (laughs) so anyway we like make our way out onto the lawn and we stop by my car to make out ferociously and i distinctly remember just like looking over past her right shoulder and seeing this immense woman just glaring down at me from the second floor of this ridiculous home, you know, knuckles white with rage and she's just seething, you know, cannot cope with her daughter's sexual orientation. Um, And I have a little chuckle to myself (laughs) on the inside and get in the car and then pretty much just drive off. And as I'm driving off down the street um, and heading onto the highway, it suddenly dawns on me how freaking dirty the car is. Like, I mean, the seats are completely disheveled. We have somehow, like, pulled up all the fabric of the covers of the seats and they're covered in bodily fluids and there's just, like, fingerprints and handprints and footprints all over the inside of literally every glass surface you can find in a car. It is filthy. So I keep driving and I head onto the highway And just as I'm coming across the Harbour Bridge, the sunlight strikes the grime on the windshield and I'm completely blinded. And I collide straight into the back of this cab. And I remember thinking to myself, well, fuck. (laughs) I just thought, yeah, no, I'm still worth it. Yeah. Chance Encounters was created by The Story Mill. This episode was edited by Sophie Saville. Voiceover by Claire Kavanagh. Sound mixing by Callum Devereaux. Follow us on Instagram at Story Mill Studios or our website, thestorymill.com.au. If you've got a story to tell, send us an email at hello at thestorymill.com.au. Chance Encounters.